Amazon as an institution at this point, root and stem should be pulled out and just destroyed. I mean, it's as a company, it should be destroyed. The thing is, like, the Whedon cut is just like, he just doesn't give a fuck. Well, if we're talking about egalitarianism, I mean, maybe we should nationalize Amazon. Maybe that's the move. Because you're going to watch the Amazon movies and go, okay, he's atoning for Sucker Punch, which sucked. He's atoning for Watchmen, and he's atoning for 300. And he did it. How is that more immoral? Like, stealing all that money from Jeff Bezos, how is that more immoral than people literally dying on the floor in the warehouses in order to fill a quota? And probably the worst scene in any movie I've ever seen. Bruce Ant's on a log. Ant's on a log. So is Jeff. So is Jeff fucking Bezos, though, too. The Amazons, any scene with the Amazons in this Justice League totally makes up for, to me, the fact that, like, 300 and Watchmen have have been co-opted by the alt-right because the source material is, like, right. neo-fascist and neoconservative. Right. We need a different world. Like, we need yeah. a different perspective on how the world works. This is, like, this is, like, the real meaning of love thy neighbor. Yeah, you should watch the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Welcome to the Hegelian Friendship Simulator, the only podcast on the internet where we try and uncover the truth of the universe, one Wikipedia article at a time. I am, of course, joined by the amazing ah. Anodyne. Is that a, that's oh. a, I think that's a good term. I think that's something good. That's am the I, company that makes Terminators, right? <laughs> Alex Virgil. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, I am joined by my voluptuous... You can say that again. V- voluptuous co-host... <laughs> John Miklas. Ah, uh, thank you, Verge. Thank you, Verge. Yeah. How you doing, man? Oh, also, we are joined by yes. our producer slash editor, uh, DJ Emmy. Yes, we we have. Uh, oh, Emmy, would you like? Would you, do you have something to say on the spot? Your debut. Wow. Wonderful, F- fitting into your role so perfectly. Yep. We have added a third member of inside the Hegelian Friendship Simulator. Yeah, um, invited someone in finally. We got um, a, 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 an email, a strongly worded email from the NSA um, about our sympathies um, towards the provisional IRA. Yeah. Uh, they, we said Sinn Féin too many times. We did mention Sinn Féin a couple too many times. Uh, we were asked to um, please bring in a um, you know a third party to monitor our yeah. um, you know revolutionary ideas maybe try and draw back on the Irish republicanism yeah. a bit the wording um, from the NSA was um, balance out the energy a little bit yeah. <laughs> and so we've done that uh, and Emmy's a great fit she you know may jump in if she has anything to say but she also may just be that that calming energy you can feel as you listen to the podcast on the other side. So, um, how are you doing, Birch? What's going on? I'm actually doing well. A pretty uneventful week, which is like, you know, which is a net positive these days. Absolutely. Um, 
in my life. Oh, oh, you know, it's like things that things that I had worked on over the past year slash few months are kind of like starting to, you know, get some legs and maybe be be something. So that's like a fun piece of news I had. Um, yeah, that juggling act is gonna yeah. finally get a. <laughs> yeah, you know, my knives. Um, yeah, and then. I hadn't written in a bit, but after I had gotten some like possible good news, I wrote a time traveling sketch that I'm, I'm ah, stoked on. I Very love excited. it. Very excited. How about you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm trying to think. I uh, I recently um, went down a rabbit hole where I started listening to a ton of um, mostly spanish punk from the late 70s and early 80s uh that has really been like the last two or three days of my time has been uh realizing i i just uh can't get enough of basque (laughs) punk rock from the end of the franco era so that's that's been my life i mean that's That's so great because i've got because um i had a hard switch this past week in my music Anyone who's known me for the past 10 years, I've actually literally been described as a low BPM person, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which Emmy, who has actually known me since I was five, that's not necessarily her experience. This past week, I've been like reaching back into the shit I've listened to in middle school and high school. So like back into that Chicago hardcore, post hardcore scene a little bit, Um, just like faster, harder shit. Yeah, kneecap. Kneecap's been in the rotation. You've been listening to kneecap. I've been listening to kneecap. We we really can't talk much more about kneecap. The NSA right. will write us another strongly worded email. It's um, just a song. <laughs> it's just a song, bruv. Um, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, they're supposed to release belly, a. Um, they're it. supposed to release a new LP soon. So, uh, hell yeah, get ready for that. Yeah. Chubby and the Gang is a is a British punk punk band I, I've been listening to this week. Nice, nice. So just kind of raising my heart rate a little bit. Yeah, know? I don't know. It very synchronized because yeah. I've definitely been listening to some some yeah, more some, uh, some harder stuff than I usually do. Sleater Sleater Kenny came back. Oof, oof. Nice. Tough to beat. Tough to yeah. beat. <laughs> um, Virg, we got any? We got any old business? No, I was thinking about this, and it's like we talked about the Indiana Pie Bill. Uh, animal trials, yeah, and um, your Cossacks, mm-hmm. and I have I have nothing more to add. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest. Um, and my notes here under old business underlined, I have Spanish punk music question mark. Um, and I <laughs> I was trying to think of what it was, so I just said it before we got to old business. Um, so I don't really either. Although I will say my topic. Um, for today does actually circle back into what you were talking about last week a little bit. Oh, sick. Kind of very tangentially. So I'll, oh, I'll yeah. keep it mysterious for That's now. Fun. We yeah. are off to a cracking start. Witches. Uh, witches. Oh, you going witches? Because I'm, 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 I'm kind of dipping oh, my toes into some of that. Some synchronized, some, some of that hot cauldron today myself. Right. A little bit. I think we probably. A little bit. Man, we might be going the same direction. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> We'll see what happens. This would be amazing if we did the same. Yeah, this would be a total, true, true... Now I'm nervous. Yeah. All right. In the meantime, what time is it? Virgin, I genuinely it, don't know. It is time for your information. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
Um, okay, this week, Verge, we're going to talk about a uh, special someone, one of my favorite sites at the San Diego Zoo. Oh. Um, yeah, you guessed it. None other than the Harpy Eagle. That's what I guessed. <laughs> yeah, That's what I yeah, guess. I figured. I figured as much. Oh, yeah. Those things are fucking scary. They are. Okay, so you're familiar. Relatively yeah. familiar. All right. Dude, I play are... Wingspan. You think I don't know about Harpy Eagle? Oh, true. Good point. Good point. Good point. All right. Well, for our listeners at home, um, the Harpy Eagle, uh, sometimes known as the American Harpy Eagle, to dis- distinguish it from the Papuan Eagle, oh. um, is a... Um, it's a bird of prey, uh, obviously, uh, a raptor, um, that is the largest and most powerful raptor in the rainforest, and one of the largest and most powerful extant species of eagles in the world. Um, scary. In fact, the harpy eagle is known to pull down the largest prey of all of the birds of prey. Um as you may have guessed, it is named after the harpy of ancient Greek mythology, uh, which were wind spirits that were said to have the body of a vulture and the face of a woman, mm. um, which, you know, I can't really say that I see it in the harpy eagle, but uh, I think it's kind of a badass name um, yeah. all the same. Uh, and they live in Central and South America. I think they're kind of most notably associated with brazil um okay so an amazon amazon bird yeah they're they're very much like an amazon bird and these motherfuckers eat sloths and monkeys (laughs) so they are next next level (laughs) so they are what is called um uh shoot let me find it um fucking terrifying yeah, they are called terrifying. All right, so they are perch hunting, um, which means okay. that they scan for prey actively while briefly perched between short flights from tree to tree. And then upon spotting prey, they quickly dive down and grab it. Um, so, I mean, I was thinking about this. Like, they are just an absolute menace. And mm-hmm. they have what I would imagine has to be, like, just they have evolutionarily gotten to the point where they're just living the life. Like they're hunting sloth. So they've got probably got great eyesight. They've Mm -hmm. got these massive talons and they just swoop down and they pick up a sloth and they can, because their talons are so big and they're so powerful, they can pick up prey that is like ways heavier than they are. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I remember from second grade that Bird skeletons never cannot weigh more than eighteen pounds to fly. Flightless birds obviously weigh yeah. more, but the hollowed-out skeletons of birds require that the skeleton be less than eighteen pounds. So that motherfucker pulling a sloth? Yeah, dude. They so it looks like yeah they 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 take prey like up to twenty-two pounds is kind of their damn kind of their limit um so okay this got me thinking and i was trying searching to find something online to like talk about this like from an article but i've heard Mm. this before maybe you have too um there is a theory that there were birds that are now extinct that used to hunt humans yo 
I'm all about this. You're all about this. Okay. I mean, I, I don't, yes. I don't know too much about it, but yeah, I've yeah. seen like the old paintings of like Aborigines fighting off some big so, ass. And so, so, so obviously, all of this is like anthropological theory. And right. mind you, I have been. This is like secondhand. I, I am you know, I've only been mm-hmm. told this, um, but I, I love the ideas of it. It there is, um, there's an old skeleton that was found in Africa where they um it was it, that of a child and mm-hmm. i guess like the anthropologists that found it like our archaeologists turned it over and noticed that there were like scratch marks in its uh, um you know um ocular cavities mm-hmm. which indicated that likely a bird came down and grabbed it by the face. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so face. there is another theory that I think is really cool and is like unprovable, but we now have like a an instinctual reaction whenever um, like a cloud or a plane or something obstructs oh, the yeah, sun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we are like a shadow is like kind of like comes down directly over us while it's a sunny day that you you immediately instinctually look up um mm-hmm. and there's a a kind of like a th- an old theory in archaeology or anthropology or whatever that it that is because we used to be hunted from the sky like our our ancient ancient ancestors were hunted from the sky and so now we're just like on the lookout for giant praying birds uh I'm all about that I, I am yeah I refuse to be <laughs> Had to have anyone prove that wrong. I think it <laughs> no, is no. too good and makes too much sense for it to be proven wrong. I, yeah. I will fight that person. There's no reason for it. It's like a fun, they're just a fun killer if they're like, no, that can't happen. It's like, well, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Why do we have to make spears? You know? <laughs> yeah. You can't fucking tell me it Come wasn't on. because of giant fucking birds. In this giant world. birds, man. It's always giant birds. Yeah. Oh my God. The the giant moa, that's what it is. Yeah, and like um, New Zealand. I yeah, think there's yeah, like yeah. Maori mythology that talks about like bird hunting birds, are birds that hunted them, and so there's like belief that you know in the, in Oceania or uh, imagine how world. much easier it would be for humanity to love thy neighbor as much as you love yourself if we had giant fucking birds just flying around. Yeah. could pull us up at any second honestly we'd be we, so much better as we certainly wouldn't fucking have the amazon drone delivery um <laughs> beta system i'll tell you that if there were giant birds in the sky we wouldn't be delivering shit via drone yeah. you Absolutely just gave me not. such a good reason to like become an eagle an eagle guy what do you call him <laughs> A bird, a bird master, <laughs> bird person. What do you call those? A falconer. A falconer, right? <laughs> a falconer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was literally about to be like, this is why I want to be an eagle huntress. <laughs> um, no, that's why I want to be a falconer because I want to fucking when I'm fully grill pilled and I'm in my rural, you know, Washington home, and Amazon fucking drones are flying around. I want my fucking harpy eagle. Yeah, you're just hey Vincent, go. It's 2050, and yeah. you are a warlord because yeah. you have a a an army of falcons that you've mm-hmm. trained to hunt the drones. Which at this point, they do some minor deliveries, but more than anything, they do reconnaissance right. on you know mm-hmm. 
Yeah, deliveries. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, Amazon drone with a machine gun on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Del- oh, you're here to deliver my shit? Okay. All right, good. Get him. Get him. Vincent, go. Um, so that's the heartbeat eagle. Thank you for um, pointing me in the direction for what bird to get. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, yeah. that would be a cool bird to domesticate. That would yeah. really be cool. Yeah. Two har- harpy eagles, Vic, Victor, and Vincent. <laughs> that used to be the names of your, your future kids. No, my kids are going to have the same names as my harpy eagles. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Verge. All right. Today, I will be talking about the Eleusinian Mysteries. Ooh. The Eleusinian Mysteries. Spell that first word for me. E-L-E-U-S. Okay. I-N-I-A-N. Okay. So that that... word is based off of Eleusis, which is a town Mm -hmm. in in, uh, Greece, West Attica, um, if you, you know, are... Attica! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's right around the block from where... From Dog Day Afternoon, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um... So, Eleusis is an interesting place that was only, like, what, 12 miles away from Athens? 11 miles away from Athens. Okay. And it was very much, like, considered part of Athens. Um, like, today, it's, like, a suburb back, back, kind of thing? Back in the day, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know. Like, like if you're from Athens, you would never say Eleusis is part of Athens. But yeah, yeah. from outside, yeah, kind of place. But this is, like, firmly in Athens metro area today, right? Like, yeah. the current, okay. Right, I think I I think so, but the Eleusinian mysteries is very much um, Greek antiquity, so I, cool. I didn't do too much of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, comparison, but uh, so the Eleusinian mysteries were initiations held every year for the cult of Demeter or Demeter, mm-hmm. depending on how you say it, and Persephone, based at the Panhellenic sanctuary of Eleusis in ancient Greece. Nice. Okay. They are the most famous of the secret religious rites of ancient Greece. Cool. So I think among like scholars, among people who are like familiar with Greece, the Eleusinian Mysteries is like a mainstay. Right. You know? Like you know about it. Yeah. Um, but it's like they're basically like this uh festival ceremonial religious practices. In the Mycenaean period, the mysteries represented the myth of the abduction of Persephone from her mother Demeter by the king of the underworld, Hades, in a cycle of three phases. I think you will be familiar with the direction of these three phases in this myth. The descent, Mm -hmm. loss, the search, and the ascent. Mm -hmm. Or as one writer that I like to quote, not quote, but talk about often is uh inferno purgatorio yep. and paradiso so to speak thematically with the main thing being the ascent of persephone and the reunion with her mother it was a major festival during the hellenic area and later spread to rome the right ceremonies and beliefs were kept secret and consistently preserved from antiquity for the initiated the rebirth of Persephone symbolized the eternity of life, which flows from generation to generation, and they believed that they would have a reward in the afterlife. Hmm. There are many pains. Blah, 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 blah. Since the mysteries involved visions and conjuring of an afterlife, 
Some scholars believe that the power and longevity of the Eleusinian mysteries, a consistent set of rites, ceremonies, and experiences that span two millennia, came from psychedelic drugs. Okay, I mean, we don't have the exact same topic this week, but synchronized. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to have some fun fun topics. This is that shit we're talking about. So I love this because this appears to be a very, like, established... So, like, this is one of those where it's a cavalcade of, like, celebrity ancient Greeks that would, like, partake or, like, be initiated, so to speak. Um, And it's all based on the Demeter and Persephone uh, myth. But but when you start to look into, like, the actual physical, you know... uh, events and the structures of this it very much feels like what how we kind of view ayahuasca ceremonies psilocybin therapy that kind of stuff yeah um so it's very interesting uh Uh, so all right wait i have a couple questions yeah yeah. um so because the persephone story is one that is still like fairly salient Mm -hmm. in like western Mm-hmm. minds right like because isn't persephone the this there's a hero involved with persephone right um search with an o is that a different story uh i think you're thinking of orpheus orpheus yeah is that and a separate Eurydice? oh because he was which is another very similar she's in she gets taken down to the hades and yeah. he has to like like play music to get her back or something yeah yeah that's what the the uh, show Hades Town is about it's the Dust Bowl reinterpretation of that story. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, is that worth watching? Yeah, my thing is, I actually stumbled on the album when it was just a music album, mm. and the voice that plays Orpheus is Justin Vernon of Bonnie Bear, mm. and then in the show, the voice that sings it is some Broadway guy who has a beautiful, beautiful voice. But it's not a bunny bear. That will never be able to be picked out the way Justin Vernon's is. Um, so, so I okay. really like the album, but it's yeah, a cool yeah. show. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Uh, so Persephone is a different story, but also S- similar, similar vibes. Yeah, and then, but then she had to make a choice. She had to like split her time between. Oh, and and that's the spring, the the story for like spring, right? Yes. Yeah. So okay. it's like the fertility uh, of crops, agrarian kind of. Uh, because I well I only ask for clarification and I find mm-hmm. that interesting because modern or at least not I like um, the way that I I'm thinking that I probably learned of Greek and Roman mythology mm-hmm. probably in like middle school right or early right. high school and it was introduced to me and to us like in academia yeah kind of separate from the context of the of the Absolutely. world that it existed in. Yes. And so it is pretty exciting to hear of a story of how this was like just like culture was downstream from mythology, right? Mm-hmm. And like it like is not very far off from like our own interpretations of culture and how they mm-hmm. affect like our substance intake you know what i mean like are like that kind of stuff no i'm really glad you say that because i was thinking about that where i'm like just now synthesizing what these myths really mean for like 
in the human canon, so to right. speak. And like, I was like, you learn about ancient Greece two ways. One in social studies as like further down in the unit unit after Indus River civilizations and Mesopotamia. Right. It's like, blah, blah. And then you read classics and literature from like a literature perspective. Right. Like, oh, Aristotle's see. poetics. Yeah. yeah. And because you have already heard of Aristotle, you're not really thinking about like the context of what's going on. Right. And I was worried that was just me. No, but I think that that's, I'm glad to hear. Yeah, that's like a thing. There's a disconnect, and I mean, and part of it is that, um, we really, I think most people are really only introduced to this kind of stuff in academia when they are still like children, mm-hmm. you know. And so you you kind of lose touch with the fact that this is like, you know, this is not only is it people's religion. Which mm-hmm. is something, and something that you can kind of compartmentalize as a child, but it's people's culture. Yeah, it's and like that life. is, I think that is almost less easy to understand when you're a kid because you're mm-hmm. not even, you're just like, you're consuming culture, you're consuming media, but you're not really contemplating like what it's like. And then as an adult, then you start to like kind of put it all together, mm-hmm. and yeah, the. The culture part of Greek mythology is almost more interesting than the religion part. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I love I love this one because it kind of like, it's hard to tell how, you know, in the talk page, a lot of the questions were like, okay, we're like, was this a ceremony that was closed off entirely to, only for Greeks? Was it for a specific class? Was it for, and the argument seems to be like, because it takes a certain amount of like, if you're outside of Athens, it takes a pilgrimage of sorts. Right. And it's like a multiple step initiation ceremony. So, the, so that's the cool part is you don't just go take some drugs and come out. They actually make it a multi-step process where you have to desire it, be initiated conceptually, and live with that before then you're given the thing that's going to like. Right. What um I I'm sure this is next. What are the psychedelic drugs that they hypothesized okay. were? Used? So uh the big one is ergot. Okay. Um, which I think is a uh, is something that you must be familiar with, uh, a little bit possibly in maybe, your industry. I don't know. Or maybe you don't. It's like um it's like the fungal byproduct of, uh. Of like grains and stuff when when alcohol is being oh, made. Oh, okay. Um, so it's almost like a it's almost like a solvent, right? Like it's like it yeah, like so the equivalent of like huffing glue, I would imagine. Uh, kind of. It's it's a fungus. So it's the fungus that um, LSD was synthesized oh, wow. using. So it's like the base for what became LSD. Yeah. Um, and there's discovery of fragments of that. Um, it's a fungal parasite of barley or rye grain. Um, and then other hypotheses are just psilocybin, you know, some kind of mushroom or, and the thing is like they use, they use so much like naturally occurring, you know, entheogenic, whatever that like psilocybin, um, psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Psilocybin is mushrooms. Yeah. Um, Another theory is that the psychoactive agent in Kikion or Kikion, that's like the drink 
one of the the drink that was uh yeah. made is DMT which occurs in many wild plants of the Mediterranean including acacia um to be active orally like in ayahuasca must be combined with a monoamine oxidase inhibitor blah 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 uh in such as Syrian rue which grows through the Mediterranean so yeah. there's like a lot of like you know the likelihood is kind of I want to I want to um I I I'm sure you I know you have more stuff and I, it's I, okay it's but okay cuz I, I want to actually bring in one of the pages that was going to be kind of a lead in to what I was going to talk about cuz I oh, think yeah. there's a separate thing but I found myself on the Wikipedia page for something called psychonautics mm, um mm-hmm. yeah uh which I think is kind of relevant to this and uh so it said that I psych- did say Ter- I did say uh Terence McKenna Yes, exactly. He's a psychonaut. And Huxley and Timothy Leary, I think, are the kind of mm-hmm. the other big names for it. But yep. it, psychonautics it refers both to a methodology for describing and explaining the subjective effects of altered states of consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, especially an impro- important subgroup called holotropic states, including those induced by meditation or mind-altering substances. Mm-hmm. And so... I. This episode is going to be an almost entirely about mystics and alchemists, psychedelic drugs. <laughs> um, Sorry, drugs. Drugs. Um, but that was a page that I found very interesting and kind of hit me because there's a whole list of examples of like what would be classified as psychonautics mm-hmm. that's not necessarily just induced by a chemical reaction to stuff, mm-hmm. right? So like dreaming is a form of psychonautics and so i mean it strikes me that especially in here i'm going to bring up another page that is also on this topic david lynch uh entheogen yeah Uh, that's great because the sub the sub section in eleusinian mysteries that talks about what the chemicals are are entheogenic yep so properties or theories or whatever. So now yeah. we're just introducing some some terms so that we can like have like an actual like oh, yeah, know, intellectual place to to discuss this from. But entheogens mm-hmm. is an entheogen is a psychoactive substance that induces alterations in perception, mood, consciousness, cognition, or behavior mm-hmm. for the purposes of engendering spiritual development or otherwise in sacred contexts. So like quite literally the Mm -hmm. what you are talking about right now um and i find this super duper fascinating and i also propose the question of like are we so far removed from being able to responsibly like conjoin ourselves in this in like I and I and maybe this is more personal than it is cultural. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I have the capability or the like bandwidth mm-hmm. to take part in a like a spiritual journey mm-hmm. using substances. Yeah, and that's not to say that I don't like. And that's not to say that I'm. I have a different connection both mm-hmm. culturally and personally with substances right. that I personally don't think is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but is not a spiritual thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I'm not entirely sure that if I were to go and take part in an ayahuasca ceremony, I would get anything out of it besides dread, besides right. just sheer terror, besides being it's, in It's the Midsommar. Western, like, science, yeah. science structures, right? Where even, like, German philosophy is so categorized and labeled like right. very structured logical i mean like like beer processes. is beer is like like in my blood you know what i mean like is innately a part of the culture is mm-hmm. it is a, a part of my world personally i literally mm-hmm. work in the beer industry but it's also like a part of the culture like generations of my world mm-hmm. and it's not spiritual but mm-hmm. it is important you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like alcohol is important to my family, both like nuclearly and like culturally from generations. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's a different, it's maybe more worldly and less universal than ayahuasca or right. psilocybin or any no, of cause like, stuff, you know what I mean? Because all of those things not only take you out of the world as in like earth, like it like takes you out of the universe, you know what I mean? So to speak. Like you're like jumping yeah. through dimensions in your head. Whereas like the substances that are like, you know, kind of like important to me mm-hmm. or my mm-hmm. world and my culture are actually mm-hmm. things that kind of ground me in the world. They're like... yeah. They, they 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 steady my view of the world they they're they're like a connection to the earth they're they're created mm-hmm. from like you know like generations of the culture that i grew up you know i'm from like connection to like okay we make this mm-hmm. uh, and this is a part of our you know i don't know I, it, it's it's interesting there drugs have i don't i don't think we also are now living in a world where drugs are illegal right. you know what yeah. i mean like like they're there we we have created this thing called the law mm-hmm. and so we've like separated ourselves from drugs and so therefore mm-hmm. we don't have the relationship that the ancient greeks clearly did or some of right. them did but they're not innately bad they that's, can that's, be yeah but they're i don't know they're it's a complicated thing right right I think, yeah, there's, like, multiple... And even for, like, people who are pro that, pro, like, psych- use of psychedelic drugs, like, I think there are still a ton of people who are missing the mark on yeah. what it's about. You yeah. Know? It's, like, the the like the white, liberal, progressive hippie culture right now of, like, using your tech money to fly, fly to Costa Rica or Guatemala, you know, the Guatemala yeah. video. Yeah. Yes. Like, those oh people God. those people are like huge proponents of that stuff and every time they talk it's just like i feel like you're missing the point you know what i mean i so mean even among I, like the yeah. pro psychonautic people there's a lot of like missing the mark um and i only say this as someone who like i have absolutely no authority on it like right i, I just i speak out of interest but there's people who are just like oh you're like what you know like how can you well I, I, that's a, maybe so. one of the few comforting things that I find in this whole discussion is that mm-hmm. you no one can really be an authority on it. This is right. this is an ants on the log that's, moment. In yeah, that these chemicals are things that 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 they 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 take control. Like if you are tripping on any of these, some mm-hmm. more than others, um, you have lost your agency i mean this Mm -hmm. is why this is why drugs 
even alcohol scare a lot of people because mm -hmm. when you take it you lose control of yourself right you lose can you lose your agency and so to say that anyone can be an expert on that that anyone mm -hmm. can exist can it can make it happen in a vacuum so that you understand it or you get the thing that you're hoping to get out of it Mm -hmm. they're lying they're not yeah. being truthful and and so there there's um that in and itself is spiritual right like there's a certain level of faith mm -hmm. um that 100 percent that, that i think that's that. that's the big like beautiful irony about the western perception of drugs in the 20th century right is like the it does exactly what you said where it's like you you rest it rests control from your conscious brain mm-hmm which, when you experience that, it leads you closer to understanding what control in the brain is and seeing certain brands of that control. Hence, you know, the Calvinist Western capitalistic economy, like governments, don't want the control to be taken away from them right? to something else that is the unspeakable. I, I always I mean and 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 it could be multiple things right like these chemicals because we still don't have no idea how our brain works and part of me hopes that we as a species never really learn because there is some like beauty in the mystery of it like yeah, yeah we we'll think we're getting closer it. but there what are we gonna do when we know um, but the drugs some of these drugs could be a a like connection to an ulterior plane they could mm -hmm. they yeah. could also just be our brain going dumb you know i mm. that's what i always say mm -hmm. about like when i get high i'm like i enjoy it because i have moments uh, like revelatory moments of realizing something but when i when i kind of sober up and i'm no longer high i realize that it's just that i've dumbed my brain down so that i think about something as if i'm thinking about it for the first time mm. you know like where i'm like realizing something that is the most obvious but mm. there is there is actually like clearly some divinity or like mm -hmm. or or some some power in thinking about those things again the things that yeah. we take for granted to be like uh, I don't know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever high thing that you, you yeah. think, you know, you, you, but at the same time to go, yeah, back, uh, uh, it seems a little paradoxical. Yeah. You could just be going dumb. I mean, drugs mm -hmm. could just be making you dumb and we enjoy that because it, it, it allows for some level of like break from the mm -hmm. banality of it all. And I think so. I think ultimately, you know, to bring it back to how removed we are from the uses of these, yeah. whether we can come, it ultimately comes down to like uh, responsible use. 100%. It's, yeah. it's psychonautics. Yeah. You know, there, there's like a great book that I really want to read uh, by this guy who, who was a Catholic, you know, grew up good Catholic boy never has taken any psychedelic drugs and spent the last 12 years looking into all the uses of all this stuff throughout history right because he has separately had that that you know the thing people talk about touched by god enveloped by god whatever like feeling separate from psychedelics and yet everything he hears about psychedelic drugs in that realm 
sounds so similar to the experience right. that he had. Sure. Right. So I do think there is something very interesting about the two of us talking about it where like, you know, I'm not going to pretend I haven't done psych, psych, I am a huge proponent of them. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, advocate. Um, and, uh, it's fun that you're, you're, you're finding some interest in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it, I think I, I was joking. I, I wrote down and I, the joke is ruined because you also are talking about psychedelic drugs, but <laughs> I, I wrote down in my notes, I said somewhere out there, there's a prop bet about who is going to be the first person on the podcast to bring up drugs. And I was <laughs> going to say somebody went made a lot of money because I was, but I fucking beat you. I the went prop first. bet, but actually the prop bet is a, it's a, it's a push or mm-hmm. someone that bet. it is a, but it would, <laughs> it's a total push. Uh, it's hilarious, but no, I mean, and yeah, I, 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 I did want to, so are you, I want to hear, is there anything else okay. like, interesting well, about the, the Greek? Um... So I think it's it's kind of, this is the part where I would leave it up to people who find this interesting to kind of examine it yourself. Yeah. Because there are a lot of elements from the mythological standpoint, the actual physical ceremonial standpoint, the structures and like kind of like seeing who partook and how they affected Greek culture and like why we put Greek culture on a pedestal feels right lar- more largely connected to this ceremony than you know I could yeah. have ever imagined you know uh, imagined up myself um so I would recommend anyone who's kind of interested in this if if you have space in your mind to consider psychedelic drugs not for yourself but as a very real aspect of human culture and human history i think you'll find this very interesting um i do love going back to psychonauts like the stone dape theory i think even 10 years ago was just like a fun fringe theory can you basically yeah, basically the idea is like all right there's something going on with human brains that we're not seeing in like most of other you know animals let's say specifically because they have brains that we can like that we can kind of relate to physiologically there is something different and i think it's like the timothy leary terence mckenna types that were supposing that over millions of years the big change in our brain happened uh from the continued use of like humans walking around digging in piles of shit eating some mushrooms yeah some died, going, some died. Oh, got a super yeah, idea. some fucking died because yeah. they ate too many mushrooms. Or the wrong ones, yeah. Or the wrong ones, yeah. yeah. And then other people kind of like figured it out. And like, why Why is the idea of the shaman so ubiquitous in all these cultures all around the world? Good point. And why do they all seem to partake in this sort of thing? And despite using different language, why? why is there a thread of like, Jesus was in... Mexico, Jesus was Quetzalcoatl or whatever. There is that weird theory, right? Do I think the same person landed in South America or Central America? No. But there's a reason the monomyth exists. And all these shamanistic, you know, ceremonies all seem to be speaking the same language in different words. Um, So... I, so okay, I want to so I want to put a pin in this because I think that there is an opportunity to to track back to this. I I almost yeah would yeah. rather you just go at this um, point and all. So that okay, object. so because 
and I I can't I can't remember quite. I think I found the thread that I'm going to talk about a different way, but then I realized in retrospect, um, a, a a great listener of the show, our friend Jimmy, um, ah, reached out to us. Fan. Number one fan reached out to us um, after the last episode about witches, or where we slightly touched on witches, and he said, "Can't believe you guys didn't talk about flying ointment." Um, so I looked up flying ointment. I, I'm sure you did too, right, Verge? Yeah, but I'm glad you're talking about it. Uh, and and so so basically, this is kind of like the the other side of the coin mm-hmm. of um, of drug use. From what is like, kind of like I feel like your topic um, is very much the um, the the glorious Terrence McKenna like let's put drugs on a pedestal like yeah this is like the epitome of what we of where we can go uh, the beautiful mm-hmm. you know use of of drugs to understand the world communing with the machine elves and so so. F- Flying ointment, I think, is kind of hypocritical, but it's a hallucinogenic ointment said to have been used by witches in the practice of European witchcraft from at least as far back as the early modern period. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's like a, like a salve using mm-hmm. different herbs that have psychedelic qualities that was rubbed onto people in order to hallucinate and yeah. kind of like commune with the devil. So my first thing, and I, the Wikipedia article is not super heavy on details because mm-hmm. I personally have a hard time believing that any of the late medieval into early modern depictions mm-hmm. of European witchcraft as actually being real in any mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Right. Like this is all this is all hysteria in many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that flying ointment, um, is kind of a, uh, a, um, an example of, and mm-hmm. so is the topic that I wanted to talk about is something called, um, a deliriant and a deliriant okay. is a type of hallucinogen. Um, and it's classified on its own, uh, as a class of hallucinogen because um, it, the primary effect causes a delirium rather than mm-hmm. a lucid state that mm-hmm. like LSD or ketamine would be examples of like a dissociative or a psychedelic right. where you get this like kind of like this high, you know, mm-hmm. um, a delirium, it generally refers to substances that would create like a state of like manic hysteria. Like mm. it, 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 it makes you go crazy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for I, I looked it up. It isn't classified as a delirium, but it reminds me of it. Like, I'm sure many of our listeners, because it was legal in the United States for a very long time. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Uh, have tried salvia. Uh, you're... Yeah. Which I had a an extremely bad trip on salvia. I was there for. I just told Virgil that story and, and I. I mean, in a I safe think, space, but I think yeah. the story probably should be told on the podcast. Virgil and I had packed salvia into a bong. Yeah. Um. And one of the th- for those that don't know, salvia is a 
a, a hallucinogen. A terrible drug. <laughs> it's absolute it's, garbage. It's you a, never it's, need to do it. It's a hallucinogen, uh, you know, ground herb mm-hmm. that when you smoke it, you get like a like 30 second to five minute, like maybe yeah. even less. I don't like hallucination that is extremely extremely vivid and intense but Mm -hmm. is literally done in 30 seconds Mm -hmm. um but it i mean this is like the western mindset in us is that Mm -hmm. we go hard we do not we do not take drugs spiritually we take drugs um same way we eat yeah, like in excess. And so we were like, I can't feel it. And so we just kept passing the bong to each other, mm-hmm. getting more and more high on salvia. And I ended up tripping and literally then running out of the room of our yep. of the second floor apartment that we were in and tripping yep. all the way down the stairs. Like missile launch headfirst down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Like, like salmon, first, salmon down the stairs. Yeah, headfirst down the stairs. And... In my memory, I was convinced that I was a sentence unraveling. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, this. You were, that letter, was, you were stuck in the letter E. I was the letter E. That I was the letter E. So Salvia that. reminded me when I was reading about delirians, but it is not. It is um is a different <laughs> is a different type of drug entirely. Um the delirium I want to talk about is something called scopolmine or um Datura. So Datura, D-A-T-U-R-A, is the flower. Scopolamine is like the chemical compound. Oh, Jimson weed. Jimson weed. Exactly. Mm. And interestingly enough, flying ointment is often... (laughs) It's Jimson weed. Is often... uh, I mean, it's like kind of apocryphal in the sense that like it could be a lot of things but jimson weed is one of the things that is often like thought of as what flying ointment that the witches Mm -hmm. would rub on each other and would Mm -hmm. meet the devil is Mm -hmm. um so datura is a flower that is found throughout the world in different varieties different um uh different species Jimson weed is the one that you would find if you lived in like rural West Virginia. It's an Appalachian, um, and the the seeds. Well, actually, the entire plant is toxic and poisonous. Like if you took too much of it, you would die. You would overdose. Um, but if you take just a little bit of it, you go crazy for you know depending on how much you take, like twelve hours to seventeen days. Um, you just go fucking crazy. Uh, I watched. There is a an interesting Vice documentary. Oh, I God. can't say that I would recommend it because I think Vice's um, Fuck Vice's boys. style. Yeah, I mean it's just like very exploitative. Um, yeah, yeah. But they have they they did a documentary about the use of this plant um, mm-hmm. in Colombia, mm-hmm. uh, where it is ground into a powder and it's very popular with drug dealers and like petty criminals they'll um like blow it on your face and if you ingest it um you basically become a zombie so like you're like fully kind of like acting normal but they're like hey we should go pull all the money out of your atm right now and you're like okay and you go do it it's i mean scary scary stuff um Mm -hmm. 
It is, however. That that sometimes... shit tracks with like witches, you know? Yeah, exactly. Not, I mean, I'm... this is this is a very interesting like and it is it just is a great example of how, like how multivaried and complex and maybe incapable mm-hmm. of understanding like the natural world is to us right like Mm -hmm. that this plant is just a fucking plant that is in like the botanic gardens in different places it's like um it looks like a white they sometimes call it a trumpet flower um Mm -hmm. it just i mean and it just grows everywhere in like the midwest as jimson weed um Mm -hmm. it's a very pretty flower uh but if you were to ingest the seeds you fucking go crazy um also, Yo, this is when I think like, imagine you're a woman who is woke as fuck because life fucking sucks. Yeah, um, life already sucks for everyone, and then men are terrible at at a much worse rate than even now. And you you're woke enough to understand religion and and Satan and shit, and you also understand <laughs> mushrooms and frog poison and shit oh you're talking about witches now (laughs) yeah i'm talking about witches and then imagine being like a dude who's just like a normal fucking dude who who fucking sucks and like maybe wronged someone who's who's a witch yeah and so she she has straight up makes a poison out of datura and some fucking frog shit and puts it in your drink and you start fucking tripping out yeah like I'm like, oh okay. So like the witch thing was like there was there there were there was interaction right. there. There you know, yeah, I mean that is I, good... I don't ever think a, a a woman, a witch, self-proclaimed witch or anything ever deserved to be burned at the stake for any reason. No, but there's a that's a good point. And but the something... idea of being spell cast, spell bound. Something, something I don't think about, just... I guess, is like obviously like history is written by the winners and like mm-hmm. I don't know, the witches of like let's say the eighteenth century maybe aren't going to be the cultural winners. So we don't have, like, we, we I, like, it, it's easy to say, like, okay, the Salem witch trials, bad shit. Bad mm-hmm. shit. But witchcraft? I mean, if you're a, if you're, like, a, a woman who's looking around at her culture in 1750s Salem, Massachusetts, and you're like, this shit sucks. This mm-hmm. shit sucks. Like, Maybe I do like the devil. I hate God because God mm-hmm. is on the side of the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and these people fucking suck. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe let's do some drugs and let's meet the devil. I mean, yeah, no, that's a good point. It's like those people yeah. did exist, and what's to say that they were the wrong ones? You know, yeah. like, like I used to be. I used to be very much like there were no witches. It was just the hysterics mm-hmm. of religious puritanical men, and now I'm like. There were some fucking witches, right? Were they, I mean, they certainly, evil and deserved to die? No, but they I certainly knew about Datura, though. <laughs> yeah, people have been doing people have been doing institutional wrongs and personal wrongs for the mm-hmm. entirety of human existence, and yeah. like we, yeah, we don't have a lot of like firsthand accounts of the personal wrongs. Right, and and we do have a lot of the firsthand accounts of the institutional wrongs, and yet we rarely do anything to change them. No, because um, it's just pastimes, and that's how it was, or whatever. But you know, it's easy to. But what's to say that someone is wrong for doing personal wrongs in the face of institutional wrongs? You know, 
this is this is this is a common thread i our justification for the cultural yeah. revolution in china uh, is maybe part of it um <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and Datura is a fascinating thing. And I am going to add a brand new website um, to, oh, yes. to our listing of um, fun things that you can um, just get lost for hours on. You the might entrances be, to the rabbit hole. Yeah, you might, you might be familiar with this. Um, have you ever been to Arrowid? Arrowhead, yes, you have. Okay, not recently and yeah. not like a lot, but yeah, it's like it was like the go-to when I was exploring. Yeah, so it's fascinating. So arrowhead.org, e-r-o-w-i-d.org, is basically a like Wikipedia-style website specifically for drugs, mm-hmm. and is fun to fall down the rabbit hole on. Because yeah. there is like all sorts of like like obviously chemical um, descriptions and um, there's like discussion about historical uses. So I'm on the Datura page okay. of Arrowwood. So there's general information, frequently asked questions, species and varieties, related vaults, identification, history, traditional use, um, and then there is a, a section for experiences. Mm-hmm. And there's like probably, I don't know, like 50 to 100 different blog posts of people who have taken Datura and oh, them man. describing their trip. Uh, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's like a pretty cool rabbit hole to fall down. Uh, and I, I have one. So one uh, that is... Um, is interesting just because it of the title is mm-hmm. flying ointment and having visions. Um, <laughs> but Perfect. the one that I wanted to kind of read some um, some snippets from is this person who titled their blog post "I No Longer Live in the Real World." Oh fuck! Um, so it's a guy who said that he he is Native American. Um, his grandfather um, kind of like raised him with in a world of shamanistic practice and teachings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he was in high school, he started experimenting with different ancient herbs and assorted ethnobotanicals. Um, after college, he was rele- after high school, he was reluctant to go to college. He just started reading and meditating a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And he said when he was meditating, well, and so first of all, his grandfather strongly recommended that he never take Datura. He said, mostly because I was not qualified to do so by native custom unless Mm. her spirit wishes it in my best interests. Mm. Um, And he said that he meditated and he was met by the Datura spirit. She Mm. had come to me at last. For some reason, I just knew that she was telling me that through her, I would find the answer to the questions I had been meditating on. I was living in a small town in southeast Texas um, there were literally hundreds of Datura plants around where I lived. So I quickly went to a wooded area a few blocks from my house. Um, and he, he picked some. I asked her spirit to surrender an open pot of seeds so that I might sow her seeds and care for a plant or two of my own. Um, so he said months passed. And then finally, he boiled two flowers, one leaf into a teapot for about 30 minutes. 
Um, after letting the greenish liquid cool for a while, I decided the only way to drink this tonic. Um, he talked about playing music. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, then he says, I've consumed many crude ethnobotanical teas, Syrian rue, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, whole bunch of other stuff I can't pronounce. Morning glory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not exactly one to ask how it's if it tastes good or not. It surely doesn't taste like anything that should be allowed in the market. That's for sure. Uh, so fructose in that T plus 35 minutes. I'm beginning to feel very lightheaded, kind of uh, like when I stand up too fast and kind of lose touch for a while. Ugh, My mouth like is extremely dry. I read like probably four different accounts. This is mm. in every single one, and interestingly. Scopol, scopolamine, which is the the chemical mm. that is in this, is used to treat motion sickness, and it's also mm. sometimes used before surgery to decrease saliva. So oh, this okay. is like kind of like a good example of like, is this the spiritual or is this chemical or mm-hmm. is it the are they the same thing? You know, right? Um. So so yeah, extremely dry. He lays down uh, on the floor directly facing the plant and closes his eyes. With the bungle still raging, raging on, I drift, uh, start to drift off and find myself entering into a dreamlike state uh, full of majestic landscape and bright scenery. I was drifting along, losing all touch with reality, speaking to the animals that I passed by, and they would speak back. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I felt at one with Mother Nature and never wanted to leave the world I was in. Uh, his spotter, he said, I completely forgot Tim was there until he shouted at me. Are you okay, man? You've been laying there not moving for like three hours. That was impossible. It only seemed like five minutes. I reassured uh-huh. him that all was well, though I don't think he understood me because he kept asking w- what I was talking about. And every time I tried to explain mm. to him uh, how great it was, he would just stare blankly at me in, in confusion. Mm-hmm. Finally gave a thumbs up. Um, and then he went to the, the kitchen to get a drink of water from a Long John Silver glass, a glass that he had lost years ago, reached out to get the Brita out of the fridge. The glass disappeared. Um, oh, God. <laughs> then when I looked back at the fridge, it wasn't the fridge at all. I was opening my medicine cabinet in his bathroom. This made me giggle so much that I almost pissed myself. Um, thank God I was already in the bathroom. And then he said he came out to a full house of people. All of his friends were there. It seems... They had invited themselves to a party at my house that I didn't even know was going on. This didn't bother me. The music was had been replaced by something different. A few hours went by, and I was having some very deep conversations with many of my friends about random theories and philosophies. Um, and then at one point, he went into the kitchen to get some Doritos um, to bring out to his friends. And when he came back, everybody was gone. And then the right. old music was playing. Um, mm. then a woman walked from my bedroom, a woman I had never seen before. I remembered her like I remember my own name. She was mm. so beautiful. Her hair was a vibrant, dark red. Her deep green eyes were full of compassion and warmth. She looked at me like a da- daughter would look at her father after a long embrace. When she spoke, she didn't move her mouth. Uh, rather I understood what she was communicating without using words. She was the spirit of my plant. Um, and so then... Then it goes on and he says, I don't remember much more of that night. I woke up the next day at 11 p.m. Uh, I had drank the tea roughly around 4 p.m. the previous day. Tim was gone. Uh, I talked to him later that day. And he, he said if he... he asked <laughs> like, me I, was, if, I was never there, dude. <laughs> yeah. He, no, but he said, uh, he asked me if 
if he was still my daughter. <laughs> so <laughs> it was Tim the whole time. Yeah, and he said that uh, Tim said that he kept walking in and out of the room with the Doritos bag, but the bottom was open, and he he was just stomping over all the Doritos uh, <laughs> that he had been talking about, and that he had, was talking to Tim and thinking uh. that it was his daughter. Um, but I read so okay so. Cool. I read like four accounts of this. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. single one had this like um, big group of people. Mm. Every single one had the talking to animals. Every mm. single one had um, the the time thing, and then the the yeah, dry the mouth dilations. The time yeah. dry mouth was another thing. So I mean. I'm never going to take this fucking That's job. what I was going to say is like how does reading this stuff make you feel? Because like as someone who has like experienced you know psych- mm-hmm. psychedelics before like there are certain moments of that story where I can go okay I can kind of understand that like you know it's not like wild to me to imagine some of those things. Right. But for someone like you I'm just very curious like does is is this scary? It's not I wouldn't call it scary. I mm. I find it actually more well, and also like, like I had um, I haven't had it like over a continuously long part of my life, but over mm. like two different specific times in my life, I had like night terrors, um, okay. and specifically like sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. and um, one thing about sleep paralysis is that you very often have like these figures mm-hmm. that kind of like you're convinced are standing over your like you hallucinate yeah, figures like anthropomorphic manifestations yeah and and oftentimes yeah. people like try and explain away people's um uh alien abduction stories right. as if it was sleep paralysis and mm-hmm. and so i am very much fascinated by the convergence of the spiritual, the mm-hmm. paranormal, the unexplainable mm-hmm. with the chemical, right? Mm-hmm. With the explainable. Right. And I'm not so much of a spoil sport to say that the chemical is everything. Because mm-hmm. in many ways, I think that one could argue that the chem- it doesn't even matter, right? Like, mm-hmm. the chemical is part of the entire experience. Like, there are right. different planes of existence. And so the mm-hmm. chemical is clearly a, a door into mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. And dreaming. It, like, there is something more to dreaming than just the subconscious brain working through stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and if there isn't, that's okay, too. I mean... There, you know, I think we've talked about it. You've heard the theory that like the afterlife is just the DMT that is stuck in your. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my like hell and heaven. Thing yeah, like of, like the moment you die, if you feel okay with your life, as the DMT's going and you're experiencing your last moments as some kind of eternity. If you're right. chill with your that's, life, then it's gonna feel like heaven. That's what it is, yeah. and and mm-hmm. and I mean. How is that not any less divine than right. being transported to a land in the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I am I am pretty... The Drugs are just an, a kind of a, an, a window into the paranormal, the divine, whatever you want to call it on Earth. Mm-hmm. 
in the yeah. material, in the concrete. Yeah. That being said, I don't need any part of it. I don't need any part of it while I'm here on Earth. That's funny. Um, there's this song that has these lyrics. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, it goes, Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on Earth. They say wow. in heaven, love comes first. <gasps> we'll make heaven a place on Earth. You know... Those those lyrics ring very like true in a in a like psychonautic like I'm yeah. trying to tell you something kind of way. Um, and they also ring true if you subscribe to liberation theology. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a, a, a Catholic communist, that also <laughs> would be trying to create heaven a place on earth, which okay. I subscribe to. There's a lot of ways to interpret it, um, but there is there is something there is something to the essential unspeakable thing about this this connection to the universal truth that always somehow is love right it's never anything else it's just this this idea of there is there is nothing wrong with finding the spiritual in the material Mm -hmm. like that i i i find that to be incredibly important i mean I don't know. I I would say if I if someone like gunned to my head asked me to like say what my religion is, I would be like, I guess I'm a humanist, right? right and so right, like that right, is right. that has got to be part of it. Is it that like this is it's all divine, and and mm-hmm. and even if even if you can explain away these paranormal or or ex- extraordinary or incredible things with like chemical reactions it doesn't make it any less important it doesn't make yeah. it any less cool mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and at the no, end of the totally. day like the, the the human connection like this like whole like us us being able to like describe like use language to describe thoughts and feelings and like to connect with like that is that is god right mm-hmm. like the, all of this stuff it, it it's in many ways we get lost in the memorization of the Greek pantheon and we lose sight of like the the mysteries mm-hmm. but we're doing that same shit over and over again like all of this mm-hmm. is the same stuff and it's all the same level of divine like mm-hmm. humanity is the the connection that's the key mm-hmm. right also, fuck Jeff Bezos. <laughs> also, also, I was gonna say separately, but not separately. Yeah, not no, separately. it's the same, same it's conversation. The same. It's the same. Jeff thing. Bezos and Elon Musk, like it's all in the same conversation. It's like, love your workers the way you love yourself. Right. Let them get as ripped and as rich as you. <laughs> yeah. He's scared. Why is he so ripped? Yeah, why are you it. ripped? <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, I, I'm totally the person who's like. The main reason I want to be in a Marvel movie is to get fucking ripped, to like be given the resources to just be in the best shape of my life ever. Oh my god! Do you? But know then how I see much... like Jeff Bezos, and I'm just like, fuck, fuck you, dude. Do you know how much? Dude, I mean, sorry, we're getting sidetracked, but you know how much human growth hormone is r- just ripping through Kamal Nanjani right now? Like, yeah, that's the, the amount that I would that like going through. I don't. 
No, I don't Come care on. about. I don't need to be. I don't need to be ripped for utilitarian reasons. There aren't <laughs> any harpy eagles flying around trying to like come down and fucking kill me. No, no, no. The ripped part is because I just I think I'm not getting laid as much as I'd like to. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I the, mean, I don't. Can the, you get laid truth. if you take too much human growth hormone? I don't know. Maybe you can. Ha, have Maybe you seen you the society can. we live in? <laughs> I just no. I think that you like. It's like steroids, right? Like you like yeah. Oh, oh, like your, your balls would be small and your, your dick pee-pee, shrivels up. Yeah, pee pee gets shriveled. Well, know. not to make a stupid self hating joke, but you know, like so it shrivels up a little bit. It's not gonna really. Uh, yeah, Jose Canseco me. probably still got laid. Or <laughs> he tried to at least. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think drugs, man. Yeah, there's something to it, and there's I guess to listeners, to yeah, to listeners, this is what I say is like. I think I think I always get nervous when I talk openly about my experience with it because it's very easy I think for people to see that as me condoning all aspects of this or or more aspects than I would like attributed honestly right. to myself because I think the only reason I talk about it now is because I truly believe there are some real benefits. I mean there's like ketamine studies yeah that are like very positive psilocybin is now being heavily researched compared to before you know all this stuff so i just want to clear the air that like you shouldn't take this as as a as like a go try it out but you should take it as a if you look into it and find something like it's definitely something to explore i would yeah i mean i would say too that that this is i maybe kind of a a personal i don't need to apply Mm -hmm. this to you too like a condemnation of like the um juvenileization of american culture where it's like all right well well no you can't you can't even think about this stuff because you're too immature to even understand how to use it appropriately and properly and also like to say to just like put value judgments on things whatever it is like we're what's the purpose of that like that Mm -hmm. is a life without living it's like a it's a completely like inert boring life and um you're not doing yourself any favors by just shutting the uh, concept away yeah yeah exactly Exactly, and, and having said that, you really never need to do salvia. There, you don't need to. No, do don't do it. <laughs> no, no one don't do it. I mean, do don't do detura either. Don't do detura either. Like, you don't need to go pick some jimson weed and eat the seeds. So the only thing I will unless you are possibly... unless you are Native American and the spirit of detura comes yeah. to you in a meditation, like then at which do point, it. like don't don't you can do take it. your cues from us. Don't take <laughs> yeah. any of your cues don't, from us. Stop listening to this podcast. Make your own podcast. I'll listen to it. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Um, okay, there, I have an interesting media rec. Okay, that uh, is very much up my alley. But but if you take it seriously for four minutes, I think you'll get something out of it. Bonnie Vera's song "Salem" okay. from his most recent album "Salem" is literally all about this, all about witches. Hell yeah! But he does some like really sick musical things to talk about it, where in the verses. He's kind of talking about this witch that's just going through life. And the beat is one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And then there's a huge explosion that is the implied psychedelic experience in the chorus. 
and suddenly the rhythm goes from one two one two to one two one two three one two three one two one two three one two three one two one two three one two three and the lyrics I know you're a lyrics guy yeah as someone who listened to Bonnie Vera for like ten years and said none of his lyrics make sense this album's lyrics especially and that song's yeah. lyrics are like holy fucking shit <laughs> man like this is a guy who like I will call a prophet the way we call like certain artists prophets yeah prophetic like he's 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 in the pantheon of of new artistic gods in my opinion hell yeah i i mean i i i he is he is an artist where i'm like i i i get it i get it but i don't get it you know like mm-hmm. i don't personally get it but like i do get the larger um um i do think i do think that is a nice uh i do think that we should sign off for the day though um yeah i mean i i i I said we should put a pin in um, the you. What was your topic? You lit. You Oh Jesus! <laughs> I almost said Ulysses. Eleusis. Eleusis. Mysteries. The Eleusinian mysteries. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there is probably some old business to be done. I would like to look into it myself because I think there's some like yeah. interesting stuff. Um, I think this was a this was a, the exact conversation line that I was hoping to to cover in regards to like drugs as a topic, mm-hmm. and I am actually pretty glad that we both ended up on a drug topic um, because it really like it mm-hmm. made the the conversation go the right way. So so uh, yeah. so if you've gotten this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, thank you. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you search the name of the podcast, you can find us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are also available via Gmail. You can email us at hegelianfriendshipsimulator at gmail.com. Please reach out. Uh, we want to hear your drug stories. Tell us your drug stories. Yeah. Maybe we'll even read them out if that's any incentive to write them. <laughs> if that's any incentive to write in about your very vulnerable personal experiences with psychedelic <laughs> We that we're gonna publicize publicize them, them uh, across the entire internet. All right, so thank you again for listening. Uh, we will we'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Adios. <laughs>